This is Amherst at 200, celebrating mind, heart, and community. I'm Biddy Martin, president of Amherst College. And in this episode, Dr. Marin Hirpa, class of 2011, tells us how strong support back home and at Amherst helped her succeed and also inspired her to give back. Here's Marin. So my name is Marin Hirpa, and I am Amherst class of 2011. Um, while at Amherst, I majored in neuroscience. Um, I was also pre-med and got the uh, five college certificate in culture, health, and science. Medicine has been and still is my greatest passion. Um, I think in particular, I'm a strong believer in health equity. I believe that health is you know, a fundamental human right and that every human being uh, should have the opportunity to live a healthy life. Um, and this is regardless of their socioeconomic and, and political circumstances. This belief is still what drives me you know, as, as a physician and as, and as a human being. I'm Jeffrey Wright, Amherst class of 1987, and this is Amherst at 200, celebrating mind, heart, and community. Dr. Marin Hirpa, class of 2011, is a public health physician in Cincinnati. Dr. Hirpa has dedicated the early stages of her career to addressing issues of health inequity, both in the U.S. and abroad. I have uh, wanted to be a doctor since I was very young, uh, actually since I was about the age of 11. Uh, when I was seven years old, uh, my uncle, one of my dad's uh, older brothers, passed away. And I remember this moment very vividly because this was the first um, death in our family was the first time I saw my father extremely sad and, and crying. And I remember having, um, you know, lots of conversations with him about what happened and, you know, learning why my uncle got sick and, um, you know, why he passed away. Um, so my uncle was a farmer with a third grade education. Um, he lived in a rural part of uh, uh, Ethiopia uh, where there was really limited access to health care. Um, so, you know, in that community, uh, when people were sick, they had to walk literally miles and miles and miles away, about three to four hours to get to the nearest healthcare facility. And my father told me that, you know, had uh, my uncle had access to healthcare and doctors, his life may have been saved. Um, and I saw, you know, how this impacted my dad and um, uh, my uh, my cousins and, and thought, wow, um, you know, I think I'm going to become a doctor one day so that this doesn't have to happen to, to other people. This experience set Dr. Hirpa on a path that would one day lead her to Amherst. So I first learned about Amherst through a brochure that was mailed to me when I was uh, in high school. I remember looking at the brochure and I think I looked up the tuition and I said, okay, this is too expensive. I'm not going to be able to afford this. And I, I kind of put it away and didn't think about it. And then I had a book, I believe it was by the Princeton Review. I can't remember. But this was, you know, tremendously helpful book that had a list of all the colleges and the universities in the United States and their tuition. I remember looking up Amherst on this book and seeing that, you know, they actually had, you know, really large endowment and that a large percentage of students um, received um, financial aid or scholarships. So I, you know, kind of said, oh, maybe I should, you know, look into this, this school and put it aside. A few weeks later, I did receive another brochure with um, an option to do a telementoring program. 
so I was you know I applied and and uh, was accepted into this telementoring program and I had a mentor who uh, was a student at Amherst at the time and um, you know she told me about the school and how how great it was and said you know don't worry about the cost I, I would you know at least apply uh, because they do give you know a lot of scholarships I said you know I think I'm going to apply to this uh, to the school and few weeks later, um, I uh, also learned about the QuestBridge program. QuestBridge is a nonprofit organization that specializes in providing higher education opportunities to lower income students. Amherst is a partner institution. And Amherst was one of the schools that was listed on QuestBridge. Uh, so I actually ranked uh, Amherst really high and was a finalist. And that's how I was able to, um, you know, get into Amherst. Having immigrated from Ethiopia to Florida, this was her parents' first experience in dropping a child off at a faraway college. In the fall of 2008, Dr. Hirpa bid a tearful farewell to her family and entered Amherst College as a first-generation student. I remember my first day on campus very vividly. To give some context, I'm um, the oldest of my family, so, uh, you know, this was the first time that my parents, um, you know, were sending a kid off to college. So it was a, a big deal and a very emotional experience for, for my family. When it came time to, to drop me off, they were uh, crying. And I remember my dad, um, you know, gave me this uh, long five-page letter that he'd written uh, for me, uh, sort of, you know, telling me how, how proud he was and, and giving me some, some advice on you know adulthood and um, and college and things like that, um, so it was you know really uh, bittersweet. I was sad to be you know separated from my family for the first time, uh, but also really excited to sort of be embarking on this you know new journey, going to college you know very far away from home and being the first one to do it. Uh, I didn't have a lot of guidance. You know, I grew up hearing from my parents that they, uh, you know, came here to give us, um, you know, better lives and better opportunities. Uh, so there was a lot of motivation for me to succeed. Um, and what initially surprised me at Amherst was how uh, incredible all the students were around me. There was a speech uh, that was made saying, you know, amongst you, uh, so, you know, a number of you already have already published a book and a number of you have traveled to this many countries. And uh, there was a speech sort of highlighting everyone's achievements. And I was just so uh, surprised to be among such uh, incredible people. Just the richness of experiences and successes that people already had uh, as freshmen uh, was, was really surprising to me. So I think it was also um, an exposure for me of, you know, looking at a different aspect of the American way of life um, by being in a, in a college with, you know, uh, Americans and, and, and living away from home. Um, you know, at the same time, I feel like I was able to bring, uh, you know, my cultural experiences to the um, Amherst community. Uh, I also loved that you know, when I was there, that there were many other students who also had an immigrant heritage or were international students. And I absolutely love, you know, spending time with them and, and learning about their experiences. I would say one of the things I remember very fondly is, um, was the first snow day we had at Amherst. And I um, grew up in Florida, so not a lot of snow days. So that was 
kind of a first experience for me and I remember lots of snow and um, you know me and my friends I'm not gonna say stole but we borrowed trays from Val um, to slide down Memorial Hill and that was just a lot of fun and kind of a new experience for me. For Dr. Hirpa, the new experiences went far beyond the novelty of snow days. When I first got to Amherst, I was super excited by all of the different things that I could do. So I jumped in and did, did a ton of stuff. Um, I would say one of my most meaningful experiences was to be a community engagement leader. Um, in that role, I um, led the um, A Better Chance tutoring program and had so much joy and just a lot of fun uh, walking, you know, near campus to the uh, ABC house and and tutoring um, high school students. Um, I also co-chaired MedLife, which was the the Amherst ch chapter of uh, a nonprofit organization um, that promoted health in um, in South America. I did a lot of internship programs. I initially was in the equestrian team. I did um, dance uh, with the SAC Dance and Step at Amherst College. Um, I was a member of the BSU, the African and Caribbean Students Union. I also um, had joined the Five Colleges Early Music Program to try to learn how to read music. I was at some point taking, I think, piano lessons. I did the um, Holyoke Adult Education Program where I you know, would go to Holyoke and um, tutor students wanted to get their GEDs. Uh, so I was very, very busy uh, on campus. I would say I was a very studious student. Uh, I spent a lot of time at the library. Um, I really wanted to do well, so um, put you know went to a lot of office hours, spent a lot of time at the library. Dr. Hirpa had to adjust to an academic environment that was very different from her life at home. Professor Ampiobani, he is a in the chemistry department and led the lab and discussion sessions um, when I was at Amherst. And, you know, when I initially started uh, college, you know, I realized very quickly that I didn't have um, a strong preparation, um, especially in the sciences. I also didn't know how to navigate college. You know, I was the first person in my family and in my community to go to college in the United States. Um, so I didn't know things like, you know, how the importance of going to office hours. I didn't know about the career center. Uh, I didn't know that you had to plan courses. Some of these basic things I really um, didn't know very much about. Dr. Anthony Jack, who's also an Amherst alum and, and someone when I was at Amherst who I really looked up to and, and considered a mentor, um, talks a lot about this in his book, um, The Privileged Poor. Professor Tony Jack, a sociologist and a member of the class of 2007, is featured in episode one of this series. And one of the suggestions that he makes, which I really like, is something simple, um, is that, you know, professors outline at the beginning of the class, um, for example, what office hours are and, you know, tell students that it's okay to reach out to them, um, you know, when they have a need. And I take this experience with me now as a, a professor and a teacher um, when I'm mentoring or working with, um, you know, medical students or residents. Um, you know, I try to always get to know, you know, who they are as a person, what their background is, and, um, you know, try to be as approachable as possible and, and usually over communicate and, um, and try to sort of meet them where they're at um, when I'm trying to teach something. You know, Professor Ampiobani was really, really helpful to me and other students um, who came from d these distressed public schools um, in preparing us, um, in you know, allowing us to do well in some of these rigorous science courses that were offered um, at Amherst. He was incredibly relatable, approachable, and you know, to me, I think he was really, really 
key in uh, again teaching me how to navigate the the college system and was somebody that I could go to whenever I encountered academic or social challenges on campus. During that time it was just really easy for me to compare myself with with my peers and um, to compare my successes with their successes. I was really caught up in, you know, uh, focusing on why I didn't get the same grade as somebody else who, you know, I was studying with or why this person got, you know, this internship and I didn't. And this sort of constant um, negative comparison, um, you know, was making me really unhappy. So it was about, I would say, um, sophomore year when I kind of realized that, you know, comparing myself to others uh, was just not productive. You know, I decided that, you know, my experiences, where I was coming from, my background was very different from everybody else. And my path forward was also going to be different from, um, you know, someone else. Uh, so I was focused on, you know, my strengths and, um, you know, identified my, my, some of my weaknesses and tried to, you know, figure out how I could be a better learner, a better person. Um, and, you know, focusing on that really shifted the way uh, that I experienced college, the way that I experienced, um, you know, what success was. And, you know, I really owed to that time and to that lesson, um, you know, for where I am today. And I've been in more competitive, more stressful situations since then. And I'm constantly reminding myself, you know, not to compare myself uh, to other people and to just focus on um, my path forward. The academic and personal transformation that Dr. Hirpa experienced happened at the same time that she began her medical school application process. At this point, she found another source of support, Dr. Richard Aronson, health professions advisor and assistant dean of students who was also a member of the class of 1969. Dean Aronson was really instrumental in helping me achieve my dreams of becoming a physician. I'm forever indebted to him for, um, you know, being a major supporter and advocate for me, uh, even when I didn't believe in myself. I remember um, being unhappy with my MCAT score and being really worried uh, about being able to get into medical school. And at the time I was debating, um, you know, whether I should delay, um, you know, my application uh, or apply to schools outside of the, the United States. And I remember he took, you know, uh, the time to really listen to me and listen to my story, um, my personal goals, my dreams. And he didn't just look at the test scores and dismiss me and say, you need a, a backup plan or you don't need to apply. You know, he told me that he would do, you know, everything in his power to uh, make sure that I submitted a strong application. And he was really involved in, in making sure that um, you know, the admissions committee saw my story, saw my path, saw my trajectory. Um, and, you know, I really owe it to him um, for, you know, being having gotten into, you know, uh, the medical school, which I absolutely loved. And uh, he's one of the, the people that has helped me in the, in the path uh, to becoming a physician. And for that, I'm very grateful. The community and resources found at Amherst led Dr. Hirpa to the University of Florida College of Medicine for her MD and then an internal medicine residency at Johns Hopkins. The neuroscience major and pre-med courses at Amherst, though, weren't her only important academic experiences. Amherst is where I learned to think, um, to write, and to communicate clearly. Um, so in this day and age when um, jobs are constantly changing and, um, you know, you're being placed in, in different environments, I think these are actually the skill sets to, uh, to think creatively and to think critically 
and to communicate um, you know, effectively. All of these skills that you get from a liberal arts education are what help you stand out um, in the workforce and what help you um, become successful in whatever field it is that you choose to, to pursue. I think a liberal arts education is incredibly valuable. I think it um, you know, provides students um, with a breadth of knowledge in a variety of disciplines. I think it teaches them how to be creative, how to think critically and analytically, how to reason. It also um, you know, helps students learn how to write and communicate effectively. One um, course that I took in the English department was reading, writing, and teaching. And I absolutely loved this course because it taught me um, the ways in which, um, you know, the education um, system in the United States is, is unequal. And it really delved into a lot of the disparities um, that are um, present in, in academic access among students in the United States. Um, and, you know, the various, you know, policies, um, school choices and parenting styles and implicit bias and racism and uh, segregation and how all of those um, impact um, schools and you know some of the disparities that we see in education in the United States. Another class that was outside of my major which I absolutely loved was um, West African dance which was taught by Marilyn Silla. Sometimes her husband Seiko would also uh, join us and this was just a phenomenal class and I think I took this course multiple times, as many times as I was allowed. Um, we had, you know, in the class, we had live drummers. Um, Marilyn Silla is just, just an incredible, warm human being. She also had uh, a, a portion of her classroom where we would, you know, share stories. So a lot of our classmates sh shared some personal stories. So you really felt like you, um, you know, connected with, with your classmates. Um, and that was, you know, still to this, I can just, I can hear the drums still and, and how just the, the energy, uh, during that class was so, so positive. And, um, that's probably still to this day, one of my favorite courses that I've taken at Amherst. Understanding the benefits of both a strong liberal arts education and a group of mentors from Amherst, Dr. Hirpa decided to become a mentor herself to current Amherst students. It was really wonderful to be at a place in my life where I could um, support students who were um, pre-med and in their pursuit to get into medical school. I remember vividly how difficult that that process was. And, um, you know, I'm very grateful to all the people who provided me with support, guidance and mentorship throughout that process. So it really um, is a privilege to be able to, um, you know, do the same for others. Dr. Hirpa is now a public health physician with the Cincinnati Health Department. You know, as a physician works in public health and primary care, um, I have the privilege of working to improve the conditions, you know, that affect health. So it's really rewarding to be able to work with patients and to do work that has impact on improving their health and well-being, um, especially, you know, patients who come from underserved communities and, um, you know, don't have access to, to health care. In March 2020, as the COVID-19 pandemic began in the United States, Dr. Hirpa thought of her family's home country. When the pandemic started, um, you know, I was very worried about the fate of Ethiopia, um, where I still have a lot of family members. Developing country with a you know, fragile healthcare system, high rates of poverty, lots of crowded conditions. I was really concerned about the devastating impact that the pandemic um, you know, would have on, on, on Ethiopia. 
Um, so I was, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what I could do to help. And was very, very happy um, when a mentor and a great friend of mine, um, Dr. Sosana Kabeda, um, approached me with the idea of joining a group that she'd founded. Um, and this group was working on uh, helping with COVID-19 pandemic efforts in Ethiopia. Dr. Sosana Kabed had founded a group called You Got This, and this was a group of um, healthcare professionals uh, that came together uh, to try to, um, you know, help with these COVID-19 um, pandemic efforts. And, you know, as a group, we strongly believe that, you know, the best way to sort of contain the pandemic early on was to use um, community-based healthcare workforce, um, you know, that would provide education and engage the community um, and help with pandemic surveillance and triaging. Um, so to that end, we um, generated and, and provided training materials for lay healthcare workers. Um, we did this um, through video format, um, and we also generated documents in multiple Ethiopian languages um, that could be used to train um, the healthcare, um, you know, these lay healthcare workers. Um, we also provided, you know, virtual trainings um, and used um, social media and, and, and other means to, um, you know, get get the message across and get these uh, provide these these trainings. This was a you know great opportunity to collaborate with um, various public health institutions in Ethiopia, um, and to provide um, you know information to to the public. Through all of this work, I uh, also had the opportunity to do uh, some interviews with you know local uh, Ethiopian media. Le Dr. Meron Irpa is specialist in medicine interne, including you know Voice of America, uh, to try to um, you know get our message across and provide some um, some uh, education regarding uh, the virus and ways ways to to prevent it. Um, a lot of children. Beaucoup d'enfants qui n'ont eu accès à aucune scolarisation. Dr. Hirpa's work in Ethiopia is tied to the idea of paying forward. Dr. Hirpa found many mentors at Amherst and became one herself. Now she wanted to support her parents' home country. Amherst gave me the foundation for um, what I'm doing professionally now. You know, for one, I think a lot of the courses that I took um, at Amherst, um, pre-med courses and, and other courses, non-pre-med courses as well, um, you know, prepared me very, very well for medical school. Um, the rigor of those courses um, was such that by the time I got to medical school, I actually did not find it, um, you know, incredibly difficult. And I found myself very um, well prepared. I continue to be inspired to fight for health equity. Um, it's my goal to make sure that, you know, everyone has the right to a healthy life, no matter who they are and where they live. Um, you know, right now I'm just a year out of residency. Um, so I'm very much focused on growing as a clinician and providing the best possible care for my patients. Thanks for listening. I'm Jeffrey Wright, Amherst class of 1987, and this is Amherst at 200, celebrating mind, heart, and community. A production of Amherst College in association with Cadence 13, narrated by me, Jeffrey Wright. Executive produced by Biddy Martin, Ian Mont, and Rebecca Kennedy. Produced by Catherine Duke, Bette Schumacher, and Sandy Janelius. Written, directed, edited, and mastered by Ian Mont. Technical and equipment support by Sean Cherry. Creative consultation by Catherine Duke, Carly Nardowitz, Connolly Stokes-Buckles, and Molly Whalen. Music from Source Audio and Extreme Music. Archival support from Michael Kelly. Mm-hmm.